live at night with Smash Africa. What's up? 6 to 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday, exclusive to 5FM. Obviously, with Africa Day, um, uh, we had to chop it up a little bit different with our trending chat. And uh, we'll be talking about the present and the future of Afro beats in Africa and globally. Now, to celebrate our beautiful continent on this day, we decided to have a chat about one of Africa's biggest exports, Af- Afro beats. In the past 10 years, it has made so much noise uh, for young and upcoming artists. And, and I'm saying young because age does play a factor. Now, the genre Afrobeat, which originated back in 1960s and 1970s, was a blend of Yoruba music with jazz, Western African high life and funk, which the pioneer, known as Fela Kuti, was in the forefront when this broke into the scene globally. Now, you gotta notice how I did not say Afrobeat, I said Afrobeat, we gotta uh, pay homage and 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 respect to the elders now fast forward to the 2000s we saw a rise of afro beats which has a big difference uh, compared to afro beat and joining me for this conversation is our very own in the mix dj katum bendy as well as nigerian singer songwriter and producer world joining me live and direct from nigeria cat and world welcome to live at night peeps how is your africa day so far man you know what um thank you for having me first and foremost shout out to everyone in south africa i love south africa by the way um can't wait to visit again um africa day is in chill i'm actually currently in the studio recording um, feature music, album music, and uh, you know, it's been it's been chill. You know, just being creative. It's been a very creative day for me. Nice and cat. Um, my Afro, my Africa day has been quite boring for the most part, but I have been listening to a lot of music today, and yeah, it's really an honor to be here today. All right, cool. Um, well, I want to take you back, bro. When you were growing mm-hmm. up, how much Afrobeat was playing in the house and how much of that music has influenced you to the music that you're making today? You know what? Growing up for me, um, Afrobeat was playing everywhere. Like, I remember um, being in the backseat of my parents' car and... Um, <clears throat> The only thing they could play is the only, the only type of music they play with Afrobeat, from Fuji music to, to Juju music to Afrobeat, and it's like I just sit in the back seat and I don't have a I don't have a voice to say what I want to hear or not. I just consume this music, like you know. And that was my my my, my dad especially was um, celebrated like Fuji and Juju music. A lot of his friends were were, were musicians as well, so he supported them. That was a huge part of my, my, my childhood. I think um, outside music for me, I found on my own, like R&B music, um, like pop music from like Michael Jackson to Mariah Carey, and all these amazing, amazing international world stars. I found on my own, actually. Mm-hmm. And now for you, Kat, how did you fall in love with Afrobeats? And when you started playing some Afrobeats at home, how was that received? 
Um, okay, so how I started consuming Afrobeats, um, my dad is Nigerian, so my trips to Nigeria, I'd always get to listen to a lot of Afrobeats music from my cousins. Um, and that started like, I was around eight, nine years old. So since then, I've been listening to Afrobeats. And when I became a DJ a couple of years ago, um, I decided to be a bit experimental because it's not very widely consumed in South Africa. But I thought, you know what, let me just give it a try. And the general reception has been good um, whenever I do play Afrobeats at my gigs. So, yeah. Now, well, how would you describe Afrobeat and how has the sound evolved over the years? Man, you know what? The, the, I feel like um, the sound has definitely evolved um, so much into different things. You have um, you have like the really raw Afrobeat, and you have the Afrobeat that's mixed up with so many different things nowadays, right? Um, mm -hmm. Even even a lot of the Afrobeat that I've been experimenting with has a, like um, a seed with a lot of different things. Um, my most recent project is called Afro, titled Afro Soul. Which is currently out right now. This new fusion Afrobeats with alternative R&B soul music, and I feel like different artists and different people over time have found, have been looking, have been creating different ways to find their own identity. Um, I think we as Africans we should have the pleasure and the, and, the, and to be able to tap into our roots and you know the likes of um, the Fela Kuti, like you know so many so many more like Shima Peters, you know like the Sunny Adel. Um, all the different artists just really gave us a, a, a framework to work with and be a privilege to have all these references to go back to. So I think it's changed over, over the years and it's still currently changing and it's going to always be changing. It will always be changing. Yeah. Forever evolving and forever changing. In the last decade, now the sound has become more commercial and more mainstream, if you like, Kat. And you mentioned the fact that mm. in terms of the circles, the love that Afrobeats was, was getting, or at least the lack thereof, love it was receiving from a South African uh, standpoint. Now from a global standpoint mm. and uh, popular culture artists like Drake, Beyonce, Chris Brown, jumping on the sound. Firstly, what do you think made the sound popular and what do you think its commercialization like was taken off by in your humble opinion Kat? Uh, in my humble opinion I think um, a lot of the consumption globally of Afrobeats is probably influenced by the African diaspora that's in the US, the UK, I mean, you even have UK artists who are jumping onto Afrobeats type of songs. So yeah, for me, I think it's the diaspora. So many people from Africa just spread out all, all over the world. Those that are listening to the music and those are, that are actually making the music. Now, well, as a singer songwriter, obviously with the commercialization and it's mainstream, means there's money to be made. Um, I was reading an interesting mm. article about crediting songwriters and being an Afrobeat songwriter, not being lucrative. Mm. What has your experience been 
and uh, how would you say the future looks like for songwriters in this space? You know, um, that's a very interesting space, right? Um, because of the structure of um, the music industry, like, for example, a place like Nigeria, um, in America, I live in America more, um, and uh, for me, I understand the value of songwriting, from writing songs with different artists in that part of the world, knowing that every time you get the song played on the radio, you get royalties and BDS and stuff. But things like Nigeria, people don't get paid for getting played on the radio. This is a huge uh, part of a songwriter's career. So in, um, if, you're, if you're a Nigerian songwriter and you create music that's only played in Nigeria, you don't get to see any form of royalties, you know. Um, except you create an international music that's being played outside. Um, outside um, Nigeria, for example. So for the future, I think it's an, it's an all, all hands on deck. It, come, it starts with the organizations creating the means for songwriters to be able to make money. Um, you want to have like trusted organizations to make sure the data and all these things are correct. Not, things are not being manipulated, right? Um, you want to make sure that people are informed on how to register what kind of performing rights organizations to, to be part of and how to be able to receive. So it's a lot of education. The future of it starts with educating the people, educating the songwriters. Um, I think we need to plan, we need to invest in that. Um, just so that, like, uh, you know, songwriters are not just going about saying, oh, I wrote this song, but really not, nothing to show for it. Besides claiming, oh, I was part of this particular song. Because even artists make most of the money um, through performing, not through, uh, um, you know, publishing and all these things that uh, is more more important in other parts of the world. So, it really, it's a, like I said, it's an all hands on deck. That, that, that entire community has to really, you know, put a lot of effort into this. All right, I see you, man. I understand you and I feel you. Um, uh, but uh, creating those systems uh, for the organization to work is also a lot of hard work that needs to go in behind the scenes yeah. and artists yeah. and musicians yeah. need to work together in trying to make happen. Mm -hmm. In case you just tuned in, we're talking the present and the future of Afrobeats in Africa and globally. I've got my two guests in the mix, resident DJ right here on 5FM, Katun Bendia, as well as Nigerian musician, singer-songwriter, producer, world joining me all the way from Nigeria. When we come back, we're going to talk about cultural appropriation for musicians uh, for, from musicians who are from abroad, um, uh, maximizing the genre that's Afrobeats. Uh, and also, we'll hear some of the tips from um, Kat, uh, what you can do budding Afrobeats DJ to get your brand off the ground. Singer, songwriter, and producer world all the way from Nigeria, as well as in the mix resident DJ Katun Bendi, chopping it up at the present and the future of Afrobeats in Africa and globally. Kat, let me start with you. When you hear a record like uh, Ojalegba, the remix with Drake, um, and immediately first thing you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Cultural appropriation. What's going on here? <laughs> but at the same time, you cannot hate on the influence that Drake has globally and what that in turn can do for the genre. What are your sentiments on 
collaborations with global stars and the genre Afrobeat? Um, okay, so firstly, I don't think it's appropriation in any way. I think it would be classified as appropriation if Drake came through like it's something he pioneered on his own. But I think um, he's shown more of an appreciation for the genre by featuring on other artists' songs. And in general, I think creatives need to collaborate in order to really get your work out there. And I also think it's important to learn from other genres. World, is there a particular pushback when an artist or like a single goes like global and an international sensation like Beyonce or Drake jumps on the song? Um, what's the sentiment like around that chat and, and conversation? I mean, honestly, you know what? Everything works hand in hand. Um, we all need each other. And I, oh, I um, encourage collaboration. We all learn from each other. So when, when you, you find an artist like Drake um, jumping on like a song like Ocho Libra, you know, he's picking up things. He's learning things at the same time. He's learning new people. He's learning Africa. He's learning how to communicate with Africans. So I feel like both ways um, it's beneficial because everyone is, we are constantly learning and touching new people every day. So I think, I think collaboration is always going to be good for Afrobeat. And, um, you know, we are, we've, we've gone way further today because more people know about Afrobeat through those type of collaborations. So it's a great thing. It's about just making sure the quality of the music still, um, you know, it's there and the essence of Afrobeat is there. So I think it's all good in, in, all, in, all, in both perspectives. Now, Walt, you are a massive collaborator yourself, and uh, I would like to know what what has those collaborations done for your career so far? Um, you know what? Different things. Um, the most important thing is exposure, you know? Um, mm. More people find out about you through collaborations because mm. the fans in time, they're very obsessed with certain type of artists and they don't see anybody else. But when you do a song with an artist they like, they might find it about you. Might like, this guy is cool. They go check out your stuff. You might retain some of those artists, but some of those fans. And some of them might be like, oh, he's cool. But at the end of the day, it's just exposure. Collaboration creates more exposure. And that's, that's, the, that's the best part, I think. That's what I like to hear, man. And for you, Kat, um, you know, you have a residency on a national platform playing a genre that's not necessarily like um, a go-to genre in the club scene or the, the concert lifestyle in South Africa. How would you say gave you the edge to someone who's up and coming, loving the sound and thinking of being an Afrobeats DJ like you are? Um, okay, so firstly, you need to um know what are the latest tracks that are out there um and then also being part of a dj community who has the same vision that you do for yourself has really helped me 
um, I've been part of a very tight knit community that nurtures and hones the DJ skills of female DJs. So I've really been blessed to have that community to help push my brand and push um, Afrobeat as a genre that can be more widely consumed in the country. Uh, yeah. Kat, where can we show you love and support you? Um, you can catch me on my socials um, at cat underscore upendi. So that's K-A-T underscore U-P-E-N-D-I. And you can also catch my mixes on SoundCloud. Thank you so much, Kat. Uh, make sure you support World. He's got an EP that's out. It's titled Afro Soul. Big shout out to my guests for joining us for this chat uh, and being part of our Africa Day celebration. Due to time constraints, we got to keep it moving. Live at night with Smash Africa. What's up? 6 to 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday. Exclusive to 5 FM.